This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 245. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thank you for listening. Happy St. Patrick's Day. As I record this, St. Patty's Day is this coming Saturday. Oh boy, St. Patty's on a Saturday. Double trouble. If you're working, please keep your guests in line and encourage good choices. Hey, have you done the TIPS course, by the way? It uh, stands for Training for Intervention Procedures. It's about responsible serving. There's uh, live classes around the country, but you can do it online at tipsalcohol.com. It's just $40. I bet if you ask your manager, your bar would pay for it. Or if you're looking for a gig, it's a great thing to have on your resume. The private club where I work insisted that we all take it, although it's not, requi- it's not required by law in New York State, but it's a, it's a great thing to do. And I think, I'm not sure, I think it helps with the bar's liability insurance a little. Anyway, St. Patrick's Day, let's talk Irish whiskey. The first thing to know about Irish whiskey is, is that it's spelled with the E, as is general, generally done for American whiskeys. One way to remember which have the E and which don't in whiskey, uh, countries that have the E in their names, United States and Ireland, tend to spell it with, with the E, and the plural is W-I-S-K-E-Y-S. Countries without the E in their names, like Canada, Scotland, and Japan, spell it whiskey without the e and the plural is uh w h i s k i e s so uh we'll talk a lot more about irish whiskey with stephen teeling from teeling irish whiskey later in the show we also have a cool opportunity for you uh hopefully you're listening to this as soon as the show came out because we have an invitation to a free Teeling St. Patrick's Day party for you at the end of the podcast today. All you got to do is RSVP and we're going to give you that information. Let's do a cocktail of the week. Well, it seems like a simple drink, but to make a really great Irish coffee, actually, there's a few things to consider. The first thing to think about is, what are you going to serve it in? Those Irish coffee mugs are fine, uh, but both at the Dead Rabbit and Swift Hiberian Lounge in Manhattan, which are by far the two best Irish coffees I've ever had, they serve it in what I would call, what I think you call is a footed mug. It's tulip-shaped and has a stem like a wine glass. Unfortunately, I don't have them at either my bar or my home bar, but uh, just something to think about to make your Irish coffee extra special. First thing I do when I get an order of Irish coffee at the bar is uh, warm up the glass. I like to make a hot water bath and put the mug in the water so that the water doesn't go in the mug, but it's surrounded by the water. (laughs) Uh, It surrounds it, and uh, I put the whiskey into the mug at that point so it starts to warm up the whiskey a little bit. The water comes out of the tap at my bar super hot, so that works out really well for me. Then I gather gather up the other things that I need, the coffee and the cream. Uh, I have a bit of a walk to fetch coffee at my bar, so or I have to flag down a server to get it for me. It all takes a bit of time. Luckily, uh, I don't get a ton of requests for Irish coffee at the club because, uh, yeah, it is time-consuming. <laughs> anyway, the mug and the whiskey have warmed up a bit at this point. I add the coffee to the mug with the whiskey and add a little brown sugar. Uh, I don't want to make it too sweet. The guests can add more sugar if they want to. Uh, then the whipped cream, you know, it's supposed to be very loose, not stiff. You can um, you can whip it to order or have a little prepared ahead of time, but it's not supposed to be super stiff and, or, you know, like it comes out of the can and not that stiff, not, not even close. So you, you can use the back of a bar spoon to float it on top and a little freshly grated nutmeg is awesome on top of that. I have a nutmeg grinder that I use. It's great. Uh, it's so much neater and easier and faster than the handheld grater that many people use. I got it on Amazon. I'll put a link in the show notes. Please don't put green creme de menthe on top of your Irish coffee. Just don't. Trust me, please. (laughs) So it's one and a half ounces of Irish whiskey and four ounces of strong black coffee. Some people even use espresso for it. Um, I use a bar spoon of brown sugar or demerara sugar, uh, lightly whipped heavy cream, and grated nutmeg. 
The Dead Rabbit's really famous for their Irish coffees. They're awesome. We have a picture of their version of it in the show notes. They use half an ounce of Demerara simple syrup for the sweetener. It, theirs is awesome, and I'm told they, temp, they test the temperature with a th- thermometer, and they won't serve it if it's not hot enough. Personally, I dissolve the sugar directly into the drink, um, into the hot coffee. I just think that the simple syrup has to drop the temperature of the coffee a little bit where the sugar won't. But I guess I should do an experiment to test this out because using simple syrup is a lot faster and easier to mix in. Hey, our sponsor this week is Shaker and Spoon Cocktail Club. They'll send you a box each month with everything you need to make four portions of three different craft cocktails, except for the booze. But it's cool because you only need to buy one bottle of booze, and with everything in the box, you can make the three different recipes, four portions of each. The box for March was called Kiss Me on Whiskey for St. Patrick's Day, and uh, all you had to add was Irish whiskey. Hazel did a cocktail party with that box with some non-bartender friends and did it as a Facebook Live event. You can still see those videos on the Bartender Journey Facebook page. Let's make another cocktail. I have here the February box, which was based on Amaro. Each one of the drinks is an original recipe from a bartender somewhere around the country. And today it's from Carla Rivera of Miami. Um, I don't know her, but it looks like a great drink. And it's called the Vino Libera. And uh, that translates literally to wine lips. (laughs) Is uh, reminiscent in color of the stains left on one's lips after the third glass of wine. (laughs) Nice. There is some cola in there. They sent along a nice bottle of Mexican Coke, which is made with the real real sugar, where the Coke you normally buy in the States is uh, high fructose corn syrup, you know. For this drink, we're also going to use out of the box a strawberry mint shrub and lemon grapefruit oleosaccharum sour. Sounds great. All right. And two ounces of um, Amaro. I'm using Montenegro. I'll edit that shake down a little so you don't have to sit through the whole thing. I shook it for about 15 seconds there until it got real nice and cold, until my tins got real nice and cold. So then we're going to add our one ounce of Coca-Cola. Add that right to the shaker. And then we'll strain it over ice. Uh, We're going to strain it into a highball glass filled with fresh ice. Yeah, lemon twist. And there you have it. Go over to shakerandspoon.com and use the coupon code BARTENDER and you'll save $20 off. And if you order by March 31st, 2018, uh, you'll get the rum box. They're calling it Rum Wild. (laughs) And uh, yeah, that looks great. And it has a drink from our friend, friend of the show, Jonathan Pogash, and uh, two other bartenders. So I hope you'll uh, sign up for Shaker and Spoon Cocktail Club and get your box at shakerandspoon.com. Spell out and A-N-D. Okay, how about a book of the week? It's The Whiskies of Ireland in honor of St. Patrick's Day, written by Peter Mulryan. Hazel wrote up this uh, review for us, and here it is. This hardcover is beautifully bound with both old and new photos and illustrations. The content is divided into four parts, entitled Rise, Fall, Rebirth, and Drinking Irish Whiskey, with a total of 24 chapters. It opens with a beautiful shot of the Dungorny River near County Cork that provides the water for Middleton. Middleton is the distillery home to the portfolio that includes Jameson, Redbreast, Method and Madness, and of course, Middleton. Have you ever tasted that? Delicious. Very expensive. <laughs> the rise section covers the history of whiskey from its origin to tax to taxation to the coffee still revolution and the final rise in demand for drinking masses. 
The fall section illustrates how history and politics affected industry, and most notably the Irish whiskey industry, and how significant American prohibition made a bad situation even worse. Then, as consumers were open to new tastes in the late 90s and early 2000s, it's rebirth. And the last section, Drinking Irish Whiskey, covers, among other things, what's uh, unique about Irish whiskey. If you're a whiskey nerd or if you want a handy reference focused on Irish whiskeys, be sure to click on the link in our blog, uh, the show notes, and pick up yourself a copy of The Whiskeys of Ireland. Slancha. So that's our book review. Hazel wrote that up, and I read it. Uh, our interview, strangely enough, was recorded by Hazel, and she was at an Irish whiskey event held by Teeling. All right, this is Bartender Journey. Hazel and I am here. I'm with one of the Teeling brothers. I'm going to let him tell you what his background is and where he's from and what's going on with Irish whiskey and Teeling. Cool. So um, I'm Stephen Teeling. I suppose the recent generation of Teeling involved in Irish whiskey, uh, myself and my brother would be probably the seventh generation of our family who are involved in it and um, we've had the, I suppose, the, the pride and the pleasure to bring distilling back to the city of Dublin so for the first time in over a hundred years um, and revived our family brand but also very different ways of making Irish whiskey. So a lot of our listeners, are, a majority of them are professional bartenders. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are in our big cities and small cities, but they really probably might want to lead us into like the idea of Irish whiskey yeah. because I'm pretty certain everybody knows like Jameson and the bigger brands and, the bigger yeah. brands and, and maybe not everyone is aware of, of who we are of not not even that just like the category and you know which is supposed to be from my understanding the biggest selling category now like it, it wasn't for a while and you know so it's now been it is. the fa- fastest growing brand spirit for um, probably the last 15 years globally undergoing massive growth but off a very small base so Irish whiskey over 100 years ago, it was the biggest selling brand spirit in the world. There were, in the city of Dublin alone, 37 separate distilleries. All of the world's biggest distilleries are based in the city of Dublin and it imploded on itself. So Irish whiskey sort of went from being the go-to standard to basically 1% of the whiskey market. And um, we had sort of a perfect storm of problems. Uh, we had prohibition in the US, which was one of our biggest export markets which closed off obviously at the start of the last century, but also we had a fight for independence. So Ireland got its independence from the United Kingdom. And when we got our independence, um, they uh, banned exports of Irish whiskey into the United Kingdom. So what was happening was UK backed Scotch distilleries are buying Irish distilleries up and shutting them down. And the government forced all the remaining families to group together and make one distillery. So it went from a whole variety of whiskey producers to just one whiskey producer for nearly I think it was a monopoly for nearly 50 years. Um, my father mm-hmm. broke that monopoly, so set up the first new distillery in Ireland in the 80s. Um, what we'd like to say is he was kind of the spark of rebellion mm-hmm. or revival um, back in the 80s. And um, Perno Ricard came in and actually bought the monopoly in Ireland. And they, in fairness, have really uh, put a lot of investment and time into growing uh, their flagship brands, which would be Jameson globally. Um, what we as a family have tried to do is focus more on premium and um, smaller products. We grew up in a family of distilling where um, my father said, because we're small, because we're a family, you need to make sure that the liquid that you're producing is world class. But for myself and my brother's generation, we felt that there was a gap in the market for somebody to do something a bit more contemporary, maybe a bit more in keeping with what we liked as people um, and bring it back into the city of Dublin rather than rural. And what we've tried to do with a lot of the products that we produce under our family name, Teeling Whiskey, is 
go right into the core of what people like about whiskey. So more flavor, more taste. So one, one of the things is I'm sure there are probably listeners out there that know what the difference is. What, I guess from a high level perspective, yeah. when people say, well, what is the difference between, between Irish, Irish whiskey yeah. and a lot of other whiskeys, yeah. like American whiskey and scotch and whatnot? So, so, so there'd be legal definition. So to be an Irish whiskey, it'd have to be three years matured on the island of Ireland. But in terms of where it's matured in Ireland, our weather is consistently crap, but it's never too hot, never too cold. So what it means in the barrel is we don't get a lot of evaporation. So it's quite consistent. So one, I suppose, core DNA to Irish whiskey, it's a little bit softer on the back of your throat. The palate is a little bit easier. And what would have been referred to as the mellow spirit going back many, many years. So the new generation who are driving the growth again in Irish whiskey um, like the drinkability. They like the, I suppose, the ability to be able to drink um, Irish whiskey is a little bit easier than going straight into maybe single malt scotch or some of the heavier products. And what we're finding is there was a gap in the middle whereby if they may have come in through one of the standard blends, there was nobody really doing anything that excited them for that next stage. So you may have come in through one of the market leaders and what we were finding is people were graduating maybe into small batch bourbons or maybe moving into something with a bit more flavor. So where we saw our gap was to focus on higher proof. So all of our products are 92 proof, which means we don't have to chill filter, which means you keep all the flavor of the barrel still in it. But also look for little differentiators that you're not a me too, you're not copying what one of the bigger guys have done. So our core product would be the teeling small batch. We actually um, hand select the barrels of malt and grain and then we marry them in a rum barrel for an extra six months. Oh. Which is, yeah, which is totally I can different. personally attest to the tilling. I just had it about five yeah. minutes ago. Yeah, as I said, the, the more uh, whiskey you drink, the better we'll sound. Yeah. So this is, this is a good thing, but um, we felt that there was a gap in the market for somebody to bring a bit more flavor, a little bit edgier than what had been there before, and also take it back into the city. And also by building the distillery in the city center in Dublin, it gave us something completely unique. So nobody makes whiskey in the city of Dublin anymore, except us. Mm -hmm. And we are the only distillery that lets people in to see all of the production process. So you'll see milling, mashing, fermentation, all the pastels, and you'll actually meet the people, like, uh, which for us is important because it's real Irish people making um, a real product and remember when we were launching here in the US people said to me I never knew Irish whiskey could taste this way because they were so used to a certain style of maybe triple distilled um, fairly easy soft and um, this was a bit more um, and what we were looking to do was challenge perceptions and make people discover maybe something they didn't know existed within Irish whiskey and empower them to maybe if their customers come in if they wanted something um, different within Irish whiskey or even world whiskey, that we were an option for them. And also to create some cocktails. Irish whiskey was so underrepresented in terms of cocktails, we felt there was a big gap to maybe produce something that could stand up in a cocktail. So all of our products have worked well, particularly the small batch, as a very good basis that people can build a cocktail around. You're not trying to mask the taste, you're trying to build around it. Yeah, it's kind of an overused phrase here, 100%. and small batch from one company might mean small batch. So in Ireland, how is that viewed, like so, in terms of... So when we set up um, over five years ago, small batch was probably not as, an excuse me, French, a bastardized term. You know, mm -hmm. so many people now have, let's say they produced a million bottles last week and they did half a million this week, that could be their small batch. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been tricky. I think the key for us has been consistency. So when we say small batch, what does that mean? We yeah. only dump 50 casks each run. We put the bottling date on um, each batch. So you could have two products. Um, the batch that we had in there was only bottled in 
it was March of this year. So, you know, there's a lot of hands that go into the process that actually justify calling it small batch. I think if we were to do it again, maybe five, six years ago, maybe we wouldn't have realized that small batch would be so um, overused that maybe we would have done something different. But I think for us, all of the things that we do actually back that up. So it's not bullshit, you know, basically. Oh, yeah. No, I, I just, I personally I, I feel like, saying, I think yeah. that, that I, this is the first time I've seen it in Irish whiskey. Yeah. So, I, so I don't know if, like, if in Ireland people use that at it's, all. It, no, it, it's, it's probably weird. in the last 18 months, it's, there's been a proliferation. And even um, some of the bigger beer producers have started to do small batch. Mm. I just think because there is no legal definition yeah. for it, it's probably a marketer's dream in a bigger company that they can say small batch when maybe... So to go over again, right now you have three expressions. So yeah, so we have three expressions. So our flagship would be the one you had in the glass would be our teeling small batch, which is a blend of malt and grain. On average, probably about six to seven years, depending on the batch. And we bottle to taste. So each time we actually um, bottle it, there'd be a set template we need to hit. And it would be me, my brother, guy called Alex Chasco, who's our master distiller. Uh, tough life. Tough life. Uh, well, I know, I know, but when you're trying to run the business as yeah, well as uh, yeah. uh, try and keep on top of the liquids, um, yeah. yeah, look, it's, it's a labor of love. But we then um, take that after it's blended and put it into a rum cask for an extra six months. And it marries in that rum cask. And then we take it out and we bottle it at 92 proof. So that would be our flagship. Are you allowed to say where you get the casts from? Or? Uh, yeah, we oh, are. Okay. So um, we, we get a variety of different casts. We would have got um, ex-bourbon casts from Heaven Hill, which would be the, I suppose, the basis yeah. for a lot of our products. Then we take that out and initially um, we would have used Florida Canyon rum casks, yeah. um, but then we have managed to source, just because of scale, some other Central American rum casks. And now, yeah. With the partnership we have with Bacardi, obviously yep. they know a little bit about rum as well. A little bit, a little, a little bit, bit, yeah. So that's the flagship. That would be on shelf probably about forty dollars, depending where you shop. Uh, uh, is that retail or wholesale? Retail. retail. Um, wholesale. I think we can still. Somebody was telling me inside there. I don't know the dynamics in America, but we can still get into a ten dollar cocktail. So I don't know what price mm. point you would need to. But mm. it's a drinking whiskey, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's not a collector's. Yeah. It's if you were irresponsible and maybe like me you'd call it your session whiskey the one you drink with your buddies and you oh, have a few drinks okay, of it yeah. um so the second in the teeling trinity would be um our single grain which is maize based or corn based oh, okay. that is um fully matured in california red wine barrels and um, cabernet oh. sauvignon barrels yeah nice, which, nice. yeah which okay. is french oak and again the dna is 92 proof non-chill filtered nothing added no caramel um, and we again bottle on batches, so we put the bottling date on it. We'd only dump maybe 50, 55 casks each run. And what we found is people who like whiskey like the fact that it's not an automated process. Is yeah. you know the art form is in blending, the art form is in maturation, and there are subtle differences. The core DNA to them will remain the same, and that would be probably about fifty dollars retail. Okay. Um, and the third in our trilogy would be our teeling single malt, which drove our master blender crazy because me and Jack were quite particular about the flavor profile that we wanted. We just didn't really know how to get there. So um, he would come to us and he had a lovely sherry cask finish. He had a Madeira cask finish. We said that some of the parts should hopefully equate to a better outcome. So like a chef creating yes. a recipe. On his 23rd version of this vatting of different malts, we got to our teeling single malt. And what we've actually done is the base would be probably about a 12 year old single malt, which is ex-bourbon, that we mm -hmm. take out of uh, ex-bourbon casks and we finish it in white burgundy, white port, Madeira, some Cab Sav, and a bit of sherry. I wow. know. And so wow. the components okay. would be kind of like 25, 25, 25, and 25. 
with, sorry, 20, with a little bit of older malt there for the sherry. And what it is, is this beautiful bouquet of, it's really tropical fruits on the nose because it's white burgundy, mm, yeah. a lot of spice with the Madeira, and then this really long finish because of the older malt. And it's been phenomenally successful. So one world's best Irish single malt this year. Um, again, it's non-chill filtered, it's 92 proof and totally category breaking. Mm. Nobody had ever done that in Irish whiskey. And so- Yeah, I don't think I've, I've heard of that. Yeah, that, it's kind of, they, yeah, they, would, the they would call it the teeling madness as in, yeah. no, nobody should oh, do nice, that. You know, nice. that um, you should use that many components. But for us, um, it was all about creating something really unique. And that would be on shelf, maybe retail wise, about $60. So working it back, maybe wholesale wise, I'm not 100% sure how much it would cost, but um, we do these nice uh, tasting flights with certain accounts. We've worked very, very closely with a lot of bars here in New York on their bar programs. Like mm -hmm. we're here in Blacktail and yeah. we have a really nice cocktail with them. We work with obviously the Dead Rabbit guys, yeah. but also some of the other bars like Dutch Fred's. So I guess two things for our listeners. One, for the people that are like bartenders, mm -hmm. who should they contact in terms of if they want to get try to get it in their bar, yeah. or if they want to talk to somebody about it, how is your team set up like that? So is yeah, it? we have um, a great team of brand ambassadors yeah. based over in the US. So we have uh, two people based full time in New York, mm -hmm. um, actually sorry, three, uh, Connor has just arrived back. We've got two in uh, Massachusetts, one in Chicago. One in San Francisco, one in LA, mm -hmm. get this right, one in Austin, Texas, another one in DC. Okay. And since moving into partnership with Bacardi, we're also yeah. now with uh, the Transatlantic Southern team. Yeah. You know, the great thing for us now is that like being part of um, the Bacardi team, they've got such a great host of brand ambassadors yeah. as well. That they're network, really good network. Yeah. And you know, they believe in education mm -hmm. and that for us is key. Educate people on where we fit within Irish whiskey mm -hmm. and also present the liquid in a different way. Um, and so I think probably the next three to six months we'll be leveraging a lot of those relationships but um, with the new focus from Transatlantic hopefully a lot easier for people to get the product mm -hmm. you know um, because one of the problems we were having was people wanted it but didn't know how to get the distribution, it. Distribution, yeah. yeah. So uh, for the cocktail enthusiast yes. listener, will they be able to go to your site and read more about it? Will there be available cocktails for them mm -hmm. to use? Um, because from my understanding um, it, it is one of those things where it is nice on its own, but it is a really good base yeah, in so, terms of a lot of cocktails. So I think for Irish whiskey as well, probably like that in terms of education, we have um, a global brand ambassador called Kevin Hurley who ran probably the best yeah. cocktail bar in mm -hmm. Dublin and what he's done and he's brought such strength to our team coming up with some signature serves, but also working with a lot of accounts to come up with, you know, people are, um, so far advanced they don't need to be told what to do with the liquid it's more about understanding and um, the nuances of the liquid so they can build drinks around it so what we actually have done is their cocktail companions so mm -hmm. what we do glo globally and okay. um, we go and showcase we did one um, from actually uh, blacktail it was called jungle boogie and the bartender who came up with it and his inspiration behind it okay um, we'll have to get that recipe yeah, yeah. Uh, or also the punch recipe which is very good and yeah. good for parties yeah um, and so what we have online is then a facility through www.teelingwhiskey.com where we put that online so we would have probably about 60 cocktails that aren't, wow, okay. aren't, aren't created by us, these yep. are by other yep. accounts. So let's say Singapore, there's a bar called Hong, uh, 28 Hong Kong Street, um, which is the leading mixology. They came up with a bar, uh, a cocktail, um, and then we showcased that. And it's really as an inspiration board rather than trying to dictate yeah. anything because oh, yeah, yeah, mixology yeah. and it's, we would say we're crafted to create 
the guys take their own inspiration from the different nuances of the liquid and what we found we do craft cocktails in our visitor center our distillery we found that um you can have a lot of fun with it so uh, we do these tea based punches so um, oh nice and that's actually a really good segue because if people wanted to go visit you guys yeah, you guys yeah. so are we're open, open seven here. days a week we're the only one making whiskey in the city of dublin and we um, show people from start to finish um, our production process. So Millie, and where are you in Dublin? We're Dublin? right in the heart of Dublin, um, really close to St. Patrick's Cathedral, um, five minute walk from Guinness. Um, so for anyone who's visited Dublin, it's okay. in a place are called Are you open year round? Or? We are. The only two days that we are closed ah. are um, Christmas, Christmas Day, New Year's. and no, the day after Christmas Day, Stephen's oh, Day. Oh, so yeah. you are up on New Year's Day? We are. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. With maybe, hopefully, uh, some bright and sprightly uh, staff if they've enjoyed themselves <laughs> on. But um, yeah, no, the two days that we're, we're closed are those. But yeah, look, really exciting time. Since we've opened, we've had nearly 200,000 people visit us, which is huge for us as a small company, yeah. um, get to tell our story to them. And it's just a really interesting time in Irish whiskey. Fascinating to see what the evolution will be like in the next five, ten years. And we're, we're hoping we're creating products that excite people and will continue to innovate and do things that we enjoy. Hey, all right. So, thank you. No, thank you. Okay. Great conversation there. Interestingly, the Dead Rabbit actually launched their own brand of Irish whiskey. Stand by for our toast. We do a toast every week at the very end of the show. First, I want to thank some great people that are helping support this show. I started a Patreon campaign recently after some life altering stuff that went on in my family. I won't rehash the details today, but I did talk about it on show number 242. If you're interested, you can find it at bartenderjourney.net slash Patreon, or just scroll back in the feed to the show called Real Talk from Bartender Journey. So anyway, our newest Patreon supporters are Fabiana, a cocktail enthusiast from the Boston area who's considered going professional. Also, thank you to Daniel and Dennis. If you'd like to help support the show, please go to bartenderjourney.net slash Patreon. You can find a little bit more information there and then link over to the Patreon site where there's a, there's a video there of me here in the studio explaining everything. And uh, you can pledge as little as a dollar a month. Thank you. Please follow me on Instagram at Bartender Journey. I really need to get that number up. It really helps when pitching potential sponsors. Uh, also, like us on Facebook and get involved. Ask questions there on, the, on our Facebook page, the Bartender Journey Facebook page, or post interesting content. I often share interesting things I find uh, on that page, so it's definitely worth a look. For instance, I just found out about Beluga Russian Vodka is doing a bartender education program, not just in the U.S. It's in uh, the United Kingdom, France, Germany, Spain, Italy, Russia. Uh, Russia, Bulgaria, Australia. Philip Duff is the education director, so you know it's going to be good. Like I said, I just found out about it and uh, a couple days ago. Unfortunately, the deadline to enter is tomorrow as I record this, March 15th, 2018. But if you hear this in time, head over to our Facebook page and look for the video of Philip Duff to get the details on that. Uh, it seems like a really amazing opportunity. I think I'll enter. All you need to do is make a short video of yourself. And according to Philip, just about everyone who enters is going to get in. Then there's, uh, there are competitions beyond this. There's other levels. And uh, so one winner will be chosen from each of those countries that I mentioned uh, to compete in Russia for uh, the final. And uh, at that point, you become uh, like an ambassador for the whole year for for the brand. You get uh, all expenses paid trips to Bar Convent in Berlin, Germany, Tales of the Cocktail uh, in Mexico. So uh, yeah, it's serious, man. So we might, <laughs> if you get this in time, I would enter. You've got nothing to lose. 
So I told you in the beginning of the show, we have a great uh, opportunity for you, another uh, great opportunity for you if you're here this in time. Uh, this Saturday, St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, 2018, uh, Teeling, who we sp- spoke to during the interview, they're throwing a free party on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. It's at 9 p.m. and all you got to do is RSVP. There's going to be live music and uh, DJ and there's going to be some Irish whiskey, I would assume. And uh, sounds like a great time. So if you want the info on that good get on over to bartenderjourney.net and uh find the show notes to go along with the show number 245 which should be the most recent thing on the main page there uh if you're looking for it in time for saint patrick's day and uh yeah just rsvp and go to that go to that party i'm not gonna be able to make it but uh if you go drop me a note and let me know how it went and you can email me directly at brian at bartenderjourney.net I hope you're subscribed to the show. If so, you get the new shows. This is just as soon as they become available. You can, uh, if you have any questions about how to do that, you can go to bartenderjourney.net slash subscribe. It, uh, for one thing, you, you get late breaking news like the two things I just told you about and uh, the, this, uh, this uh, bartending school and this uh, free St. Patrick's Day party. But, and it also helps out the show a little. Uh, every time we get a new subscriber, it helps bump us up in the ratings a little and uh, helps more people find us and Spread the word. So tell a friend. Can you hear my dog snoring in the background? All right. It's time for our toast. May the leprechauns be near you to spread luck along the way. And may all the Irish angels smile upon you on St. Patrick's Day. Cheers. We'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast.